Welcome to the Along Come Norwich podcast, an erratic, esoteric enunciation of the ever-changing enigma that is Norwich City. The Southampton game was awful and deserves the dissection that Punt and I spent this lunchtime giving it with Norfolk's version of Lloyd Webber, Mr John Rogers. Eventually, we do get round to previewing the Everton game too, I promise. John, have you calmed down yet? A tad. Only a tad. Um, there's a couple of things that I tweeted out that I regret tweeting out at the time. I think I said at the time something like um, it felt like an early season friendly against Southampton and we were the non-league team. But I want to kind of retract that now if I can, officially retract that and say we're more of a League 2 team. Is that fair? That sounds more reasonable, yeah. Much better, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Um, the, uh, I I don't. I, I didn't tweet anything like as as uh, vitriolically as I vitriolically. I didn't cheat with as much vitriol as I saved for my WhatsApp friends. Um, I I really I was a lot angrier actually than 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 I was on social media, um, in real life. I think it was the anger for me personally came from just the, the sense of disappointment um, that. Um, whilst we even said on our uh, preview pod of that game, we still don't think we're going to stay up. But you do feel that you do. You, you kind of talked yourself into at least believing that there is an opportunity if they were to, to do well in those first two games. So <clears throat> it was just the level of after the first eight minutes, the level of non-performance. And if anything, the fact that we started so brightly in those first seven or eight minutes, it made it worse because you think, You've seen, you've caused them problems. You had them under the cosh for the first seven, eight minutes. Why can you not just do that again? What about you, Punt? I think the first seven or eight minutes was probably a bit of a false dawn in so much as Southampton were just feeling us out. And as soon as tactically they knew how we were set up, they just found it really easy. Even, I mean, you know, for the first half, predominantly, they were still letting us have a lot of the ball and hitting us on the counter. But as soon as they did hit us on the counter, they kind of brought us onto them so that they could just pick off the spaces. And, and the fact that we had four in midfield, which Mr. Bailey had alluded to on, on the pod um, last time, it, it just left so many kind of, well, they just walked through us two or three times. I remember Redmond and Ings kind of picking up the ball on the edge of our box. And I was like, I, I don't know how you've progressed up the pitch this quickly, you know, without any kind of resistance. Um, what really worried me though, as as you both have, have kind of hinted at, is just they looked really tired and psychologically. I don't think it's it's probably physical fitness because it would be inexcusable for them to to return, um, you know, kind of physically out of shape or physically not well drilled enough. And I think Farker and his coaching team are usually really good at that. I, I think it's probably psychological fatigue and that they've just maybe mentally checked out for the season. And if that's the case, it's going to be a really long well, we've got nine games left with the cup, hopefully 10 or 11 games left with the cup. But, you know, if we continue with that level of performance, it's just going to be miserable. What did you think of the, the morale, John? Do you think that, do you similarly negative as, uh, as, as punt in your estimation that, that they look like their heads have gone? If, if, if I start, I probably won't stop. Because <laughs> I, I honestly, I was so, so frustrated and disappointed and actually embarrassed by that Norwich performance. And I've got a reason why I think I was so embarrassed. It's unusual. And you can talk about the Colchester game, that typical Colchester game, and other games maybe prior to uh, managers getting sacked or being worse. But I think the issue is we all know the potential of that team. 
And in the mm. first 10 minutes, we saw the potential of a team. We've beaten Man City. We've, we've played against Spurs and played them off the pitch. And there's just been numerous games this, this season and obviously last season where we've seen us be absolutely brilliant. And I don't think against Southampton, not one player in that starting lineup did anything anywhere near their potential or even reasonably well. You could go through the whole starting lineup and describe their strength, and not one of them used that strength against Southampton. And it's been building up the social media, the club, and the players have been building and ramping up this game because it's been an awful three months, and everyone was looking forward to it. And it was the drop that was that was the thing. It was the, the potential, and the, mixed with the drop of disappointment, that's made me so so sad about it. Honestly, I was sad about it at the end of the game. Yeah, likewise. I, I felt really, really defeated um, from a from a kind of character, not character, but from a my spirit felt felt a little bit crushed because it had been the thing that you, we were. Many of us were very um, pessimistic about the chances of them actually getting football on, and we, you know, we were reserved about it. And you know, I, I would have happily, t- I, I accepted relegation, you know, in my heart before Christmas. It didn't look. I haven't thought we're going to stay out in this league for, for many months. Um, but like I said, I just started to get involved with the fact that actually, you know, we said many times last season, you can't write these guys off. If anyone's going to get them up for this, it's Farker. You know, Farker seems to have a way of, of, of building these players up. And, you know, these are the, no one, not everyone writes us off. We're the underdog. And we, we just played, it just it played out exactly as everyone um, expected it to. I mean, the commentary was, was, was horrendous. I mean, the, the, the they were talking as it, it, we are still only two two and a half results away from being out of trouble, um, and the 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 guy was talking like it was the last game of the season. You know, it was unbelievable how negative he was, and unfortunately, yes, we probably felt relatively similar to to how how all hope seemed to be lost. Um, but I, depending on how the next two or three performances go, um. If they are as bad or nearly as bad as that, then then what I'm about to say isn't isn't going to come to pass. But if we're half decent against Everton and get a draw or a win, if we get through to the semi final, obviously you know we may may not go on to, on to win it. Um, if we end up going down by you know three or four points, so a respectable match everyone else's results between now and the end of the season kind of running, I actually think that Southampton game, that project restart game, might become as much of a um, a cliche to be thrown around about Norwich letting their fans down as a Fulham, as a Colchester, you know, that there is the potential that we will always remember that the Newcastle six, two, you know, so many Burnley with Worthington, whoever we were playing when Worthing, uh, when Hooton got a, a paper airplane in the eye, you know, there are those kind of moments where you think that is the point where you let us down and, and, it, and something really, where 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 are the kind of the hope went in the season, and I honestly think that that if um, if we actually rally, ironically, and and play some half decent stuff, and everything we do for the rest of the season is okay, but not enough to stay up, everyone's going to point to that game as what a wasted opportunity. All we needed to do was a draw, and it might not have kept us up, but it would have obviously given us so much more confidence, momentum going into this Everton game. Um, the the morale lift job that the players and the coach trying to get behind the players now has to do into that Everton game is enormous because he's built it up as, you know, 10 cup finals. He's now basically said, right, you wasted the first one completely. 
I, I don't know. I, for the, the things that I was saying within the, within the kind of WhatsApp groups and, and within kind of chats amongst friends on, on the night as, as it was all playing out was there are so many hallmarks here of, of those that like to knock Farker um, and, 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 and I'm one of those, particularly in the, in the, the initial season and a half. Um, the tactical frailty, the inability to, to change, to react to it. When someone has got our number, whether it be within a game or whether it be over the course of a season like a Sheffield United, um, uh, he, he, has got, he, he doesn't seem to have the answers. He doesn't seem, I mean, he doesn't I mean, seem I, to know how to counter someone who has basically worked out how to, 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 to do us over. But I don't know whether that's necessarily fair in terms of he doesn't know how to in so much as he, he changed it twice. We went three at the back um, you know, temporarily and then we went back to, to four, two, three, one to, to try and, I don't know whether it was to try and solidify it 2-0 or not. I think you know, he'd rolled the dice. He'd made enough substitutions. But I think it comes back to the point of you know, whatever system we'd have deployed from the start there, whatever um, you know, kind of personnel had have been on the pitch, it just looked like they checked out. And that was the most worrying thing for me is had, had they not drilled it into them enough, this is your opportunity. When, you know, if, if we'd have won, we were first out of the blocks, we'd have then been three points off safety. Everyone starts looking over their shoulders nervously and thinks, oh, it's not just you know, Bournemouth and Villa that we've got to worry about. Actually, Norwich are, are kind of coming up on the tracks now as well. We just, we just went up from it from as soon as Southampton had kind of clicked into gear. Um, and that's the bit that I just think, yeah, you can point, you can point a lot of fingers at, at Farker for, for Friday, but I think the, the finger that you need to point the most is, did him and his team drill it into them enough that actually the importance of this game? And if they, if they didn't, then that's unforgivable. I can't, I can't you, believe they didn't. Did, did no, you notice th- how many long, pointless long balls we played? Yeah. And I think he talks about it after that. Um, uh, we, we purposely did that, I think. He said he wanted someone big and strong up top to kind of hold the ball up and win headers. And when's that been a Norwich? Yeah. For the last two years, when's that been a Norwich thing? I've well, never Steve- seen so many defensive overloads at the back as well. Mm. A number of times Southampton came out about with three against one or three, four against two. Mm. That's not been us. I've never seen so many poor set pieces as well. It, just, it was very, very unfarker and unnorwich, and it kind of. I think I'm a very positive Farker supporter. supporter. Is that right? Yeah, and do. I think that yeah, Farker. Think, you're a Farker file. A Farker file. I think he got it massively wrong playing two up top, and there were, we needed an extra man in midfield because it was invisible against Southampton. The number of times that Tim Krull knocked it out to Tom Tribal and. The whole of Norfolk, I think, lost oxygen because everyone held their breath for about three <laughs> seconds. Mm. It was scary. It was sc- I've, never, I've just never seen it. Southampton looked stronger, quitter, quicker, fitter, more eager, more controlled, more clinical. Basically, yeah. everything we weren't. Yeah. And that's, uh, you uh, mentioned all of that was nothing to do with the ball, have, actually having the football. It's like being quicker to, to the, the first tackle, winning in the air, getting to the... It's, everything was just not there for us this this game and it was painful to watch uh, i think you'd mentioned tom tribal there and, and i was extreme after the first half an hour i was extremely nervous every time he did get the ball because he just looked so off it so off the pace that was probably the worst i've ever seen tribal play and then you 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 kind of ally that with the fact that it's probably one of the worst performances i've seen kenny McQueen have we had no control in the midfield and for you know for all of 
you know, kind of our, our faults in, in terms of the way in which we play football. And, and there are some. Usually it's not about retaining possession. Usually it's not about the accuracy of our passing. But it just was, you know, kind of it. And it, you've just got to hope that that was a really, really poor day at the office where eight or nine, maybe even 10 or 11 players just, just didn't play anywhere near their optimum. And, and that will, will never happen again because, that, you know, you do get performances chucked, chucked in like that from time to time. Not in a game of that magnitude, not in a game where, you know, we've just been away for so long and the players should have been prepared for that. But that goes um, back to what I was saying before, Punt, about uh, the Fulham uh, and and the Newcastle, although Newcastle obviously kind of got away from us. The, the, the idea that of all the days to have an off day, like you, mm-hmm. you could understand it coming against Everton after the Lord Mayor show, you could understand us getting humped from Arsenal after giving everything against Man United on the weekend. Do you see what I mean? You can under, you could completely follow the logic of that. of that. But what you can't understand is that is not that was not the day to not show up. Um, it's really interesting that on that point though that a couple of the players have come out already. Well there's there's been some really strange comments. So Hernandez and Closer have have almost said like ditch pretty football we just need to dig in and get some results and I mean let's be frank I don't think Farker as much as he kind of ditched his philosophy against Southampton I I think he'll probably revert back to it now to try and course correct but actually there was a couple of players cruel and I forget who was the other one who'd kind of said the crowd not being there played much more of a a part than than perhaps people had realized yeah it was cruel yeah he said he missed it the last 10 minutes yeah there's no way, though, that even at ten minute, you know, even at kind of probably one nil, two nil, I think you know the fact that the fans are almost ready to turn possibly sharpens the mind, or the fact that the fans are behind you and, and trying to kind of kit g you up again, you know, kind of that can be a factor. So I don't think we can we can downplay the fact that actually when we, when there's games like that, and we've seen you know kind of the fact that the home form has, has kind of gone out of the window in the Bundesliga. That might be a factor in it as well. Well, look at the derby. Look, look at the, the Liverpool-Everton derby. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, thankfully had had a better offer, um, but I, mean, there was, I was able to watch some, um, I was able to sit on some grass while it grew and, and watch some paint drying. Um, but there was, a, uh, there was a real lack of intensity according to all commentators um, or all commenters of, of that game. Um, <clears throat> and it didn't it feel... Fun. Yeah, it didn't feel like a derby at all. And a lot of that is, what's the point in sticking a, a heavy challenge in early doors to get the crowd up and riled in a derby if, if all they're going to happen is four subs are going to clap their hands sort of eight metres apart? Um, it's, you know, it isn't, it's not football as we know it. We're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. But what, what, we, do have to, what we do have to do is, and what the, the, the say we, because we can't really be involved, what, what the, the, the coaches have got to try and do is get these players up for for tomorrow night so we're recording this uh tuesday the everton game is tomorrow um it's it's an enormous three points um that, that's available and the way that the results went that uh, at the weekend we're unlikely we're unlikely to be to get that many kind of sets of results where nearly everything goes in our favor um and so we really do need to start to to take advantage of the fact that we do um you know, we do need to to pick up some of these points because it. I, I'm almost I'm I'm almost concerned that we might be in a situation where, um, based on how bad some of the football was this weekend, um, 
three wins might be enough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, how can you imagine if actually all we needed was 11 points and we'd have stayed up and we didn't even manage that? Do you see what I mean? It's, it's mm. uh, it, it, you know, our ideas of needing five, you know, basically needing to take something from all but two games off the back of this weekend's results. I no longer think that's, that's the point. I still don't think they're going to come near it. Um, I, I can't believe they're going to be as bad. So, so let's, let's take a moment to look at the Everton game then. Um, what, what would your, uh, so John, good news. Um, you are, before we uh, do, I'm really sorry. Can we just yeah. really, really, really quickly talk about Josh Martin, his debut? Yes. Yeah. Poor sod. <laughs> <laughs> because he's going to get a shirt, isn't he? He'll keep that shirt and all the players will sign it and say, and what, what do you think their messages would be on it? Saying, oh, never mind. Head up. Don't worry. Just most depressing debut ever I just wanted to mention because he'll always remember that which Murphy was it that came on at something like five nil down at the Etihad was that Josh or Jacob what, for a debut yeah one of those came on at, um it might I'm have sure been a, jo- Josh might have been a debut, debut before Jacob definitely it might not have been a debut. It was, it was certainly when he was right on the very, very edges of the team. Um, one of the Murphys, I'm sure, came on at 4-0 or something, you know, game completely gone. And, and I remember at the time thinking, this is an odd time <laughs> to, to bring someone out. Um, it isn't, it isn't, though, isn't it? In so much as you can just say, right, go on, there's no pressure. Just just go and do what you do, because actually it doesn't matter anymore. But Go and run to, about a bit. To John's point, yeah, go and run about a bit. And actually, if you have a couple of nice touches, that's a bonus. If not, just forget it and move on. Yeah, but it's in front but, of 60,000 people as well, rather than... Yeah, which, yeah. that 6,000 people. I mean, it's, it's really nice. It, I mean, at the, at the end, we must have had like five or six Academy products on the pitch. You know, so it, you know, it kind of puts it in some kind of context in terms of the financial clout that, that we're dealing with when you look at some of the Southampton players and, and what the kind of money that they've signed them for. But, yeah, it is a bit soul-destroying for, for the lad that... That will forever be his Norwich City debut. Just one, one more point, really, really quick. I'm sorry. How much do you think that is the worth? Are the, the three players at the back worth? You've probably talked about this before. The worst of the three players at the back. No, the, the three players, the, 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 the youngsters, the academy guys. How much do you think they're worth altogether? Really quickly. Um, realistically, well, I think the market shifted, doesn't it? This is the thing. I mean, I don't, I don't think any of them are worth any more than. Um, you know, kind of 25 million quid. Realistically, I think that their values get each? hyped each. Yeah, hyped and hyped and hyped. I think Max oh, yeah. Aaron, you'd probably be looking at about pre-COVID. You'd probably be looking at about 25 million. Jamal Lewis, maybe 15. Ben Godfrey. I mean, I think he. There's silly sums that get that get chucked around for for him. But I think that's only because Rio Ferdinand it kind of pimps him out actively on social media. Again, I'd probably put I don't know 20 million bracket something like that. And actually, yeah. that's all really good return on investment. But some of the money that you get, it's like people see that Harry Maguire has gone for 85 million quid and then suddenly, oh, well, Ben Godfrey must be worth that as well. Um, I know. But no. that's, that's silly. But it is uh, post-COVID, there's going to be, we are expecting a depressed market. We're expecting the, the, the yeah. price tags to come down a lot. Um, I, there's, they've made it clear. Um, I mean, Zoe on on our podcast last week and and Weber in in media appearances, has, they've made it clear that there, there is no gun to their head. Um, they don't have to sell. Um, you know, they are in a fe- relatively good um, financial position. Even if they go down, that they're not going to have to 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 balance the books um, by selling at any price. Um, they will naturally be conservatively expecting to sell two or three. 
um, to make sure we've got enough to, to, to kind of go again next year with, with a couple of people that you, you, that you need. You need to freshen it up. You can't go again with exactly the same squad because obviously you've got used to losing. But, um, what do you what do you think, John? In terms of value, I'm yeah. interested in your view. Well, I had sixty million down, but I'm, my point was we've got you know if you say seventy, say sixty five million mm. quid worth of talent plus our player of the season, Tim Krull, plus an international centre back, and we got wiped away off the pitch. And that was my point. Yeah. Just the potential there is is massive, and they just did not show it. And that's what's came down. And, to. and I think, but I think you're absolutely right to point that out. And it is a worry that, like you say, there's there's that much talent you know if we call it that 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 just have underperformed i just think the defensive shield though in front of them was was non-existent as well and that that comes back to a lot of people you know a lot of people really like tommy tribal and and i've never really been his biggest fan i don't think he apart from that game against leeds i don't think he's ever really affected games as positively as as someone like tetty who you just know exactly what you're going to get out of him and positionally is one of the best players I've ever seen in a Norwich City shirt because just the way he's able to to snuff out attacks almost at source or just anticipate where it's going before anyone else is just phenomenal. I mean, he has to come back in. I know we're going to get on to, to it, Tom, in a moment in terms of Everton, but if he is not on the team sheet you know, in the starting lineup on Wednesday, I'll be absolutely shocked because I was shocked enough that he, he wasn't playing um, on Friday night. Well, on the on the subject of of Tommy Tribal, uh, he was huge for us um, for for large stretches of last season. Um, the on the subject of going back one though on on um, on Worth, there's a there's a there's an article. Um, I say article in the loosest possible term. Uh, a report of of Leeds United making an inquiry for for Emmy um, if they were to if they were to go up. Um, but I, I think. In terms of who would go down, um, sorry, who, who would come with us if we go down? Um, I, I'm not sure of that back three, three of those, you know, the three of the back that we actually talked about. I'm not really sure how much, um, how much, how much likelihood there is of people actually wanting to come in and complete complete that because they, the three of them, have not been anywhere near as impressive this season. As, as I thought maybe they would be. Um, Max has looked fantastic at times. Jamal, I think probably of the three, has had the most assured season. Um, he hasn't played as much as the other two. Um, but but for me, the, the, one, the real opportunity to cash in with the biggest paycheck will be Godfrey because he um, is a, he's got, he, you know, he's obviously homegrown football playing centre-back really really passionate um you you can see a manager or a coach falling in love with him and and basically saying i don't care if they're asking five above the market rate i want him you know it's just what i mean like he he's the sort of player you can really see a a middle ranking team uh in the prem uh falling for and, and wanting to to maybe break their transfer record to to bring in to to, to bolster it, it you'd then be looking at who would um you know, which teams really need strength in depth there. Um, I think he's the most likely one to move on um, of, of the three. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jamal and, and Max were still there in August. Um, I think it depends on the level of scouting, though, because Godfrey, for me anyway, he hasn't done as well this season, and you've just kind of touched on the point, as well this season as I thought he would. But I think and Aaron's has kind of grown into the season as it's gone along. But I think of of the three, Max Aaron's 
ceiling because he's younger, a little bit younger than the both of them. And because he, for me, he still looks like a standout player out of the three of those. His ceiling is way higher, I think, than, than the other two. And I think really wouldn't surprise me if Aaron's goes on to be an England centre-back. Um, so I, it, it, I think scouting in the Premier League now is, is really, really good. And, and people have kind of got tapped into the fact that, you know, recruitment models need to be ship-shaped to get value for money. I'd have thought it would be Aaron's more than anyone. Looking at Everton then, uh, John, uh, do you think the extra two days rest will have uh, will have helped us at all over Everton? You're joking, aren't you? I have no <laughs> idea what's going to happen with Everton. Absolutely no idea. I'm, I'm just pretty sure that if, if he's fit, I don't know if he's not fit, no one knows, that Teddy will come back in. He has to, doesn't he? Um, apart from that, who, who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be 30 degrees, isn't it? At the six, well, right around that temperature. So that's one thing you've got to think about. It's going to look mm. even slower and worse than we were in 6 p.m. Norwich heat, which is peaking ten- Tenerife at the moment. Uh, I t- I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words, I guess. I just, don't, I just don't know what will happen. I was so... I think Stuart Webber came out quite a few times, and, I, and, and Farker was really positive, and the players are really positive. And I actually thought, do you know what? I don't think Southampton have got much to play for. I think they're going to come out and that first 10 minutes, I thought, yeah, this is, I think it's a real good chance. And after that point, obviously, we've talked about it. So against Everton, we'll probably play absolutely horrific for the first 10 minutes and amazing for the next 80, and I'll take that, obviously. Well, they, they, I mean, to have the best part of 60% possession and manage one shot on target at home, I mean, I, I, get, I know home and away might be a bit different these days, but again, <laughs> we, we, we're supposed to be talking about Everton and we're going back to Southampton, but, but you see a stat like that and, and you just think, how can you just not show up there and and to have a uh, you know there is there are still games left we are still in the FA Cup I, I want to be as positive as I can you that that is the manager that is the coach you know it is your job to get the players up for it and to get messages into them you get a drinks break you know halfway through each half you know it, a the, rubbish the, the, as well the defensive frailty and the mindset of conceding quick goals, you know, you know, on the, on the 48th minute, it's nil, nil by 54, we're two nil down. Um, that's a mentality thing. That's coaching. That, that's so that's a team switching off. That's the setup being wrong. Um, but moving ahead to Everton. And I think just, okay, just well. touching on that point, I think that's also a lack of leadership, you know, to, to kind of capitulate that quickly in that short space of time. You're absolutely right to, to highlight it. But for me, that also comes down to the fact that there weren't enough on-field leaders on the pitch. And I mean, I'm, I'm going through the team. It really surprised me that Tim Closer um, got the armband because Godfrey's previously had the armband this season. I'd have said Krull is perhaps a bit, a bit more of a leader, but you, you perhaps wouldn't want your goalkeeper to, to be the on-field captain. But apart from that, I didn't really see anyone that would have been worthy of, of, you know, kind of cajoling and, and, and really kind of making sure that, that people, that minds were sharpened. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably due to the fact, you know, you've got club captain Hanley that, that's out, Zimmerman is out, Teddy was on the bench, you know, all these people who you, you look to, or, you know, as your kind of on-field marshals, even if they don't have the armband, weren't there. And surely they've got to look at that. They've got to look at, you know, kind of, right, we need, you know, four or five captains on the pitch who are those people and pe- and people have also got to step up as well um you know people who are perhaps becoming more senior professionals in the ranks have have got to make sure that, that they're leading by example and, and that actually vocally they're they're making sure that 
that they're communicating properly. Okay. Well, I'll ask the question that I asked before. Uh, I'll answer the question that I asked before, which is um, I, I would have Steeperman in for Dermich. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if we are going to play some balls up, he can hold the ball up. He can knock, he can play knockdowns. Um, I like the narrative angle of him him returning from his brave COVID battle um, yeah. to, to to play brilliantly. Um, I agree that the Teddy's got to come in. Um, I mean, I, I I remember sending a message to uh, one of the Along Come Norwich groups, John Punt. Um, along the lines of I don't know why Duda bothered staying around because uh, I mean I can see from the stats that he came on the pitch I, I can't remember him touching the ball or, or doing anything of any note um, so I, I wouldn't have him near the team I, I would go with 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 go back to one up front with Steeperman just off as a three behind mm. uh, Toddy was taken off very early he, he didn't do a great deal but Toddy doesn't tend to do too bad too bad or too lacklustre performances in a row I feel that he will be absolutely champion at the bit you'd hope to, to kind of make up for that. Um, and, uh, and I, I think you kind of, per, I really like McLean. I know I'm higher on McLean than you are anyway, John Punt normally, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that that's, they're the, they're the two changes I would make. Dermich for, for Stephenman and, and Teddy yeah. for, for tribal who I agree just, just got it all wrong. Uh, what about you, think, John Rogers? I've already answered, haven't I? I haven't got a clue. Well, no, no, I know, but I, I thought I'd give you another opportunity to, to, to expand okay. on that. With, well, with I'm, I'm currently, as, as you were giving a very articulate answer, I was looking, and Daniel Farker is currently doing the press conference as we're talking as well. I don't know why no one's listened to us and, and listened to him. I don't know who's why. In, who's injured now? Go on, tell us. Um, everyone's injured, including <laughs> himself. <laughs> um, uh, no, no one's injured, doesn't look like. He hasn't mentioned anyone's injured, but he's talked about our fitness levels are there. We just need to show quality. Well, okay. I'd like to see Southampton's statistics, as always figures, as they say, or the data. I've lost it now. Anyway, so yeah, um, can Stephenman hold things up? He's not been great at it previously. I think last season uh, he has. I think this, this has been did a, he? a step. Was yeah, he someone he who held things up? Not necessarily in in, the, in in terms of a conventional back to goal. He was a bit more, um, you know, kind of gangly and out of sorts. But he could do it well better than what we had at the time. But I think him and and Pookie just seemed to work more as a partnership. You know, and and it was virtually a partnership. A lot of the time he was, you know, pretty much playing up there almost as a as a second striker. I like I like Stephen, and I think that nearly every time we've played quite well this season, and I, I realise that those occasions haven't come around as often as we'd have liked, but Steepenman has often been involved. I can confirm there are no injuries and Marco Steepenman is available tomorrow after yes. his Corona situation stroke battle. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm pleased about that. Um, that, that, so that, that fits into my team selection. I'd love to say that I was ITK on that, but you know, we were told that he was supposed to be back. Um, yeah, so I think you've about... got to put Mario in as well though, haven't you? You've got no, to look. Not for yeah, me. Definitely. Definitely. Get, I think I know. I you prefer like McLean in the Premiership. I prefer McLean. I think I think you prefer. Yeah. Okay. I, I think McLean. There's very, there's for me. It's almost the Graham Dorans effect with McLean, in so much as he looks really neat and tidy, but he doesn't affect games as much as I would like him to. And you know, Man City game aside, where he was phenomenal, I think he's always just looked neat and tidy, and and he does look like a proper footballer. You know, where, when he picks up possession and he gets his head up and all the rest of it. I'd I'd go for Mario. I think that you know you can you can probably control a game a bit more with him and his range of passing, 
that probably allows the likes of Pookie to play a bit more on the shoulder. Um, so I'd bring him in. I would drop Toddy out as well. I think, as you said, Tom, he was really poor. Um, I thought he was he was really wasteful with possession, and he kept trying things which were really obvious that weren't going to come up come off. And that's a real shame because he's a confidence player and he's been fantastic this season. I, I really like him, but I just think actually Hernandez as a different option, something that we didn't have on Friday night was just pace, just the fact that, you know, he can carry the ball 10, 15 yards really, really quickly. Steeperman does that as well, not necessarily as, you know, in a, in a pacey fashion, but he will just get his head up and go, right, or get his head down almost and just say, like right, a drunk I'm just going to run. drunk giraffe fashion. Yeah, but, that's how he does it. but it works. It works. No, no, I'm, I'm not, you know, I may, I'm a Steeperman, I'm a Steeperman convert. I, we we I didn't, think, yeah. first season, we wrote him off something chronic on this yeah. podcast, you know, and we were, we, set, he then had that run of, <laughs> run of games with his mental celebrations and, um, yeah. Pre- Wholesale changes though for me. Wholesale changes. Well, it's, it's one of those games where, the defense. No, no one's gonna. No one's gonna complain. It, it, it's one of those where um, there isn't one player that, that that if if there's a knock, there's not gonna be a knock on the manager's door. Say, Gaffer, talk me through how I'm not in the team after after Friday night. You know, none of them can can have any can have any kind of leg to stand on there because it was just a, a collective no show. Um, it is interesting. <clears throat> it's worth picking up. I think this point on the. Um, the potential shade thrown at the manager from some of some of the the players, you know, uh, O'Neill and um, and Tim uh, Tim Closer around. You know, now is the time to fight for the club and the city. Was the quote from O'Neill? No, not not the time to play beautiful football. You know, maybe a bull in a china shop of putting Hernandez on the the wing. I mean, towards the end of that um, that that promotion campaign last season, I remember particularly in the away games, Hernandez was was really really eventful. From, from the way you know he would make things happen he'd win corners yeah. that things came from it wasn't always the end result was not always great with O'Neill um and he you know scored some goals and had some assists but you know th- th- he is just an absolute pain in the bottom to have to deal with from a pace and a direct point of view and direction you know not counting the direct style of football of aimless long passes having some real directness was what we really lacked you know some urgency I don't feel that we really had it when he came on either, but maybe if he starts them, then that might yeah, give us Yeah, the game had gone, I think, at that point. But I think that's the, you, you bang on the money. <clears throat> Urgency is probably the, the word that, that I was looking for. But yeah. So yeah, just change like the whole hair. midfield. No, that's, that's not great. Do you reckon that that was just due to the lack of a barber and he was just like, sod it, let's just get rid of it all? Well, I'm follically challenged, so, and you two aren't. So I, I would never go with that haircut if I, if I had his hair. It was beautiful, wasn't it? It was beautiful, yeah. I just still, I do think he went. Go on, love. Just quickly give some trim. Just, what the hell? Is, oh my god! <laughs> if I could be clunk on the floor, like oh man. Oh, it's been, it's it. been plenty of them, I think, around the Premier League. Um, Can I quickly talk about Emmy? Yeah, because it's quite interesting. He kind of follows a little pattern. If you if you can remember back when he first joined us, he wasn't great, was he? And then the beginning of this season, he wasn't great. And he's, it feels like he needs momentum to be that player who he is. As soon as you take that kind of that that kind of um, long, I don't know what the thing the word is, but he's really he's kind of like a graph. He goes up. His performance is the longer he's on the pitch for, the longer the number of games he has, the better he gets. Cumulative. And, yeah. Positive correlation. Yeah, oh my God, you've got a management talk on me now. <laughs> I mean, I, with, yeah, I mean, again, he, he didn't escape the wrath of, uh, 
of me on on Friday night with regards to his sulking. He was having another one of his. The, okay, well you're incorrect. It, no, 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 no. No, there were covered. Yeah, there were set pieces there, were terrible. Oh, well, set pieces were bad, but also there were several times, particularly second half, where he, where the ball was lost and he was just he, he did his thing where he sat square, sat square on his bottom and banged his his, his little hands on the floor instead of getting up and hurrying back afterwards. And that that but is my the whole midfield huge the whole midfield huge knock were, on him for that. I mean, McLean at one point was walking back, just watching it. Tribal the same, you know. It, it was just this, and you know, I've talked about it already on this pod two or three times. Psychologically checking out, um, but you know, on Emmy, I remember. I think you might have tweeted or tweeted or, or text us on the WhatsApp group or something, talking about you know, kind of him. And actually, and that, this was probably midway through the second half. And and as you'd put it, you know, kind of about thirty seconds later. He was tracking back. He tackled someone. He was kind of bursting out of defence in possession. And I thought, I, out of everyone, I don't see him as you know an issue in terms of energy levels or or attitudinally. It seemed like it was other players for me. This WhatsApp group sounds amazing, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's banging if you want to hear um, mild disagreement about football. Um, so uh, Everton are, are in 12th. Uh, that, that draw with Liverpool uh, puts them, you'd feel, pretty much safe. I mean, 38 feels like an incredibly high tally for this season. Um, so might we get with them what we hoped we'd have with Southampton? You know, Southampton obviously only on 34 going into the game with us. Maybe we will get an Everton team who goes... After Lord Mayor's show with the Liverpool, you know they don't want to put they don't want to push Liverpool too close to the title. They held them to a point. Maybe therefore we will get a slightly below par performance from them, and and that will especially if we can start with a with a flurry and actually get a goal. I mean, that game would have been so different <clears throat> had we have taken a couple of those chances. We could have been two up in the first ten minutes, and and you know obviously completely different from from then on. But maybe we we were more likely to get a an off day from Everton than we than we were Southampton because they have now got up to that 38 figure and they've just come off the result of they must consider that a good result to hold Liverpool to to, to mm. a goalless draw their, their form was pretty shoddy as well prior to to the break um so yeah I think you're right I think they've probably done enough to to know that they're going to be safely ensconced in the Premier League for I don't know, probably about the 65th consecutive season or whatever it is for Everton. I think they're the, the longest serving members of the top flight um, at the moment. So, but I just, I don't know. I just can't see them checking out. Uh, Ancelotti doesn't strike me as that kind of manager that he's going to, he's going to let them and he might just smell a little bit of, of blood here. And this might be an opportunity for them to get back on track. So yeah, I, I can't see them just chucking it for us. Well, that, Mark has just said, the worse the conditions are, the better chance we have. <laughs> That's nice. Okay. What worse as in Turn rainy? Or... Yeah. Turn the undersoil heating on. That's what I say. Get it really hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, just to kind of wrap up, then we, we've got the we've got the the FA Cup quarter final coming ahead over the horizon. Um, we'll be speaking to Red Voices to do a a preview pod of of that. Um, is he, is there? Let's just let's do the kind of the basic hypothetical. Would you rather John Rogers um, on? Uh, you, you can you can definitely win uh, either the next two Premier League games because one doesn't make enough of a difference. You definitely win against uh, Everton and Arsenal, um, or you definitely win against Manchester United. Which one are you taking? No guarantees beyond that in either competition. Oh. What? Well, um... 
Depends who we get drawn against, doesn't it? That's a difficult one. I would go, I would always win two games over one. And that kind of levels it out. And if we've got a fighting chance, yeah, I would take two over, over the one. If you, if you said um, stay up or win the FA Cup, that's the easy one, isn't it? You win the FA Cup. I, don't, I would take that every single time. Mr. Punt? But with, oh, difficult one. Mr. Punt, what yeah, do you reckon? I, I agree. If if it was win the cup or stay up, it's it's always win the cup, you know, all day long. Um, I'd probably take the semi final if I'm really honest, because we haven't seen. Well, we've only been there three times in our history, and it's only happened twice in my lifetime. And and for whatever reason, I've been unable to go to to both of those semi finals. Obviously, I'd be unable to go to to this semi final. But I don't know. Now I'm older, I think I probably appreciate it a lot more. Um, than I did at the time and, and didn't realise that it was going to be another 20, however many years it was, um, 28 years since we've been, we've been into the semi-final. So, yeah, I'd take a semi. I'd always take a semi. There we go. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's, the that's, end of that. that's what we were after. Um, with the four, with the, with the four <laughs> quarterfinals, they are all, um, apart from Leicester City, Chelsea, three of the four are, are all opportunities for a kind of upset, if you like. Um, so you going on what you just said, uh, John, about depending on who we'd get in the semi-final, I would take the two Premier League wins, partly because the embarrassment and the disappointment of just how awful Friday night was. I, I said to I said to I said to my wife um, when I was particularly despondent after three 0 I just I don't I I know we're going to go down. You know I've I've known this for ages. Can we not just have one night? You know, could we have not just because it had we had won, even if all the results then went against us all weekend and they all won, and we, you know, we were just the same we were at the start. We could have had that one night where just we were playing in terms of the the bottom bottom end of the table, boys. We, we've played, we've had a win. It's all positive, isn't it? Lovely going into the weekend. Had a few. We drinks. did have that two games ago, though, didn't we? We had that against Leicester. And it, it felt yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, but that wasn't. But the, but the point is that this start of the project restart, it would have been a really fantastic with all the build up and everything. Because you know, the last oh, yeah. game took us by surprise. We thought we were yeah. going to get donked. So yeah, yeah I, I, so that's why I would go with those two. And, and also bearing in mind that most likely we're facing Arsenal, Man City, or Chelsea in the in the semi final. Um, and uh, you know, I, I can't see us progressing. So what's the point in just doing one upset to then face another. I mean, oh yeah, wouldn't write us off. Obviously we've got a chance on our day, et cetera. But I, I, on that basis, I, I would, I would likewise go with the, the two league wins because I, I do feel with how bad the stuff was over the weekend, I think we might only need three and a couple of draws and that might be enough, you know, to just sneak it. There's some bad teams at the bottom of the Premier League this year. Yeah. That would pretty much mean though, that, that most of the other teams need to just lose all of their games, like not even get one win. I think, how many are we back now? Seven, seven points? Still seven. Still seven. So, so, if, we, so if we got like 11, yeah, that's, yeah. But the point, is the, the point is so many of them are, are similar. You know, we are, because this is the thing, we're not just in touch and just, a couple of wins wouldn't just put us within touch. Look, I don't know why we're talking about it. It's not going to happen. We're probably yeah, not going to yeah, get two wins. Bother, and likewise, yeah. we, you know, we're going to go down. So, let, let you know, I, pers- Hooray, what a lovely Merry way. Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of, I just sort of <laughs> wish it could just be over so we can just start talking about who we're going to sell and, ha- and, and look forward to all the championship away days we've got to. The and a happy new year. <laughs> all the fun stuff, like, who we 
gonna sell. Oh, right. Okay. Go on to um, go on to alongcomenorwich.com. Get yourself fanzine episode three. Um, it's an absolute belt. There's some fantastic writing in there. Um, John Rogers, thanks very much for taking your time this lunchtime to talk to us. John Punt, it is with uh, with thanks that I note that you have also made the effort to join a Zoom call. Try and enjoy tomorrow night. Mind there you go.